five of All's Well That Ends Well. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Act five of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare. Scene one. Marseille. A street. Enter Helena, widow, and Diana with two attendants. Oh, but this exceeding posting day and night must wear your spirits low. We cannot help it. But since you have made the days and nights as one to wear your gentle limbs in my affairs, be bold you do so grow in my requital as nothing can unroot you. In happy time. Enter a gentleman. This man may help me to his majesty's ear if he would spend his power. God save you, sir. And you. Sir, I have seen you in the court of France. I have been sometimes there. I do presume, sir, that you are not fallen from the report that goes upon your goodness, and therefore, goaded with most sharp occasions which lay nice manners by, I put you to the use of your own virtues, for the which I shall continue thankful. What's your will? That it will please you to give this poor petition to the king, and aid me with that store of power you have to come into his presence. The king's not here. Not here, sir. Not, indeed. He hence removed last night, and with more haste than is his use. Lord, how we lose our pains! Oh, all's well that ends well yet, though time seems so adverse and means unfit. I do beseech you, whither is he gone? Marry, as I take it, to Rousillon, whither I am going. I do beseech you, sir, since you were like to see the king before me, commend the paper to his gracious hand, which I presume shall render you no blame, but rather make you thank your pains for it. I will come after you with what good speed our means will make us means. This I'll do for you. And you shall find yourself to be well thanked, whate'er falls more. Ah, oh, we must to horse again. Go, go, provide. Exempt. Scene two. Rossillon before the Count's palace. Enter Clown and Parolles following. Ah, good Monsieur Lavache, give my Lord Lefeu this letter. I have ere now, sir, been better known to you when I have held familiarity with fresher clothes, but I am now, sir, muddied in fortune's mood and smell somewhat strong, of her strong displeasure. Truly, fortune's displeasure is but sluttish if it smells so strongly as thou speak'st of. I will henceforth eat no fish of fortune's buttering. <sighs> Prithee, <sighs> allow the wind. Nay, you need not to stop your nose, sir. I spake but by a metaphor. Indeed, sir. If your metaphors stink, I will stop my nose, or against any man's metaphor. Prithee, <sighs> get thee further. Pray you, sir, deliver me this paper. Oh, prithee, stand away. A paper from fortune's close stool to give to a nobleman. Hmm, look, here he comes himself. Enter Lafeu. Here is a purr of fortune, sir, or of fortune's cat, but not a muskcat, that has fallen into the unclean fish-pond of her displeasure, and, as he says, is muddied withal. Pray you, sir, use the carp as you may, for he looks like a poor, decayed, 
ingenious, foolish, rascally knave. Mm, I do pity his distress in my similes of comfort, and leave him to your lordship. Exit. My lord, I am a man whom fortune hath cruelly scratched. And what would you have me to do? Tis too late to pare her nails now. Wherein have you played the knave with fortune, that she should scratch you, who of herself is a good lady, and would not have knaves thrive long under her? There's a quart d'écu for you. Let the justices make you and fortune friends. I am for other business. I beseech your honour to hear me one single word. You beg a single penny more. Come, you shall hide. Save your word. My name, my good lord, is Parolles. You beg more than word, then. Cox, my passion, give me your hand. How does your drum? Oh, my good lord, you were the first that found me. Was I in sooth, and I was the first that lost thee? It lies in you, my lord, to bring me in some grace, for you did bring me out. Out upon thee, knave! Dost thou put upon me at once both the office of God and the devil? One brings thee in grace, and the other brings thee out. Trumpet sound. The king's coming, I know by his trumpets. Sirrah, inquire further after me. I had talk of you last night. Though you are a fool and a knave, you shall eat. Go to, follow. I praise God for you. Exeunt. Scene three. Rossillon, the Count's Palace. Flourish. Enter King, Countess, Lafeu, the two French lords with attendants. We lost a jewel of her, and our esteem was made much poorer by it. But your son, as mad in folly, lacked the sense to know her estimation home. Tis past, my liege, and I beseech your majesty to make it natural rebellion, done in the blaze of youth, when oil and fire, too strong for reason's force, o'erbears it and burns on. My honoured lady, I have forgiven and forgotten all. Though my revengers were high bent upon him, and watched the time to shoot. This I must say, but first I beg my pardon. The young lord did to his majesty, his mother and his lady, offence of mighty note, but to himself the greatest wrong of all. He lost a wife whose beauty did astonish the survey of richest eyes, whose words all ears took captive, whose dear perfection hearts that scorned to serve humbly called mistress. Praising what is lost makes the remembrance dear. Well, call him hither. We are reconciled, and the first view shall kill all repetition. Let him not ask our pardon, 
the nature of his great offence is dead and deeper than oblivion do we bury the incensing relics of it let him approach a stranger no offender and inform him so tis our will he should i shall my liege exit what says he to your daughter have you spoke all that he is hath reference to your highness then shall we have a match i have letters sent me that set him high in fame enter bertram i am not a day of season for thou mayst see a sunshine and a hail in me at once but to the brightest beams distracted clouds give way so stand thou forth the time is fair again my high repented blames dear sovereign pardon to me all is whole not one word more of the consumed time let's take the instant by the forward top for we are old and on our quickest degrees the inaudible and noiseless foot of time steals ere we can effect them you remember the daughter of this lord admiringly my liege at first i stuck my choice upon her ere my heart durst make too bold a herald of my tongue where the impression of mine eye in fixing contempt his scornful perspective did lend me which warped the line of every other favour scorned a fair colour or expressed it stolen extended or contracted all proportions to a most hideous object thence it came that she whom all men praised and whom myself since i have lost have loved was in mine eye the dust that did offend it well excused that thou didst love her strikes some scores away from the great comte but love that comes too late like a remorseful pardon slowly carried to the great sender turns a sour offence crying that's good that's gone our rash faults make trivial price of serious things we have not knowing them until we know their grave oft our displeasures to ourselves unjust destroy our friends and after weep their dust our own love waking cries to see what's done while shame full late sleeps out the afternoon be this sweet helen's knell and now forget her send forth your amorous token for fair maudlin the main consents are had and here we'll stay to see our widower's second marriage day which better than the first o oh dear heaven bless or ere they meet in me o oh nature says come on my son in whom my house's name must be digested give a favour from you to sparkle in the spirits of my daughter that she may quickly come bertram gives a ring by my old beard and every hair that's on't helen that's dead was a sweet creature such a ring as this the last that e'er i took her at court i saw upon her finger hers it was not now pray you let me see it for mine eye whilst i was speaking oft was fastened to it this ring was mine and when i gave it helen i bade her if her fortunes ever stood necessitated to help that by this token i would relieve her had you that craft to reave her of what should stead her most 
My gracious sovereign, howe'er it pleases you to take it so, the ring was never hers. Son, on my life I have seen her wear it, and she reckoned it at her life's rate. I am sure I saw her wear it. You are deceived, my lord, she never saw it. In Florence was it from a casement thrown me, wrapped in a paper which contained the name of her that threw it. Noble she was, and thought I stood engaged, but when I had subscribed to mine own fortune and informed her fully, I could not answer in that course of honour as she had made the overture. She ceased in heavy satisfaction, and would never receive the ring again. Plutus himself, that knows the tinct and multiplying medicine, hath not in nature's mystery more science than I have in this ring. "'Twas mine, twas Helen's, whoever gave it you. "'Then if you know that you are well acquainted with yourself, "'confess twas hers, and by what rough enforcement you got it from her. "'She called the saints to surety that she would never put it from her finger, "'unless she gave it to yourself in bed where you have never come, "'or sent it us upon her great disaster. "'She never saw it!' Thou speak'st it falsely, as I love mine honour, and mak'st conjectural fears to come into me, which I would fain shut out. If it should prove that thou art so inhuman, twill not prove so. Yet I know not. Thou didst hate her deadly, and she is dead, which nothing but to close her eyes myself could win me to believe, more than to see this ring. Take him away. Guards seize Bertram. My forepast proofs, however the matter falls, shall tax my fears of little vanity, having vainly feared too little. Away with him! We'll sift this matter further. If you shall prove this ring was ever hers, you shall as easy prove that I husbanded her bed in Florence, where yet she never was. Exit. Guarded. I am wrapped in dismal thinkings. Enter a gentleman. Gracious sovereign, whether I have been to blame or no, I know not. Here's a petition from a Florentine who hath, for four or five removes, come short to tender it herself. I undertook it, vanquished thereto by the fair grace and speech of the poor suppliant, who by this I know is here attending. Her business looks in her with an importing visage, and she told me in a sweet verbal brief it did concern your highness with herself. Reads. Upon his many protestations to marry me, when his wife was dead, I blush to say it he won me. Now is the Count Roussillon a widower, his vows are forfeited to me, and my honours paid to him. He stole from Florence, taking no leave, and I follow him to his country for justice. Grant it me, O king. In you it best lies, otherwise a seducer flourishes, and a poor maid is undone. Diana Capulet. <laughs> I will buy me a son-in-law in a fair, and toll for this. I'll none of him. The heavens have thought well on thee, Lafer, to bring forth this discovery. Seek these suitors. Go speedily, and bring again the Count. I am afeard the life of Helen, lady, was foully snatched. Now justice on the doers. Re-enter Bertram, guarded. 
"'I wonder, sir, since wives are monsters to you, and that you fly them as you swear them, lordship, yet you desire to marry.' Enter Widow and Diana. "'What woman's that?' "'I am, my lord, a wretched Florentine, derived from the ancient Capulet. My suit, as I do understand, you know, and therefore know how far I may be pitied.' I am her mother, sir, whose age and honour both suffer under this complaint we bring, and both shall cease without your remedy. Come hither, Count. Do you know these women? My lord, I neither can nor will deny but that I know them. Do they charge me further? Why do you look so strange upon your wife? She's none of mine, my lord. If you shall marry, you give away this hand, and that is mine. You give away heaven's vows, and those are mine. You give away myself, which is known mine. For I, by vow, am so embodied yours, that she which marries you must marry me, either both or none. Your reputation comes too short for my daughter. You are no husband for her. My lord, this is a fond and desperate creature, whom sometime I have laughed with. Let your highness lay a more noble thought upon mine honour, than for to think that I would sink it here. Sir, for my thoughts, you have them ill to friend, till your deeds gain them. Fairer prove your honour than in my thought it lies. Good my lord, ask him upon his oath if he does think he had not my virginity. What sayst thou to her? She's impudent, my lord, and was a common gamester to the camp. He does me wrong, my lord. If I were so, he might have bought me at a common price. Do not believe him. Oh, behold this ring, whose high respect and rich validity did lack a parallel. Yet for all that he gave it to a commoner of the camp, if I be one. He blushes, and tis it. Of six preceding ancestors, that gem conferred by testament to the sequent issue, hath it been old and worn. This is his wife. That rings a thousand proofs. Methought you said you saw one here in court could witness it. I did, my lord, but loath am to produce so bad an instrument. His name's Parolus. I saw the man to-day, if man he be. Find him, and bring him hither. Exit an attendant. What of him? He's quoted for a most perfidious slave with all the spots of the world taxed and debauched, whose nature sickens but to speak a truth. Am I that or this for what he'll utter that will speak anything? She hath that ring of yours. I think she has. Certain it is, I, I liked her, and boarded her in the wanton way of youth. She knew her distance, and did angle for me. Madding my eagerness with her restraint, as all impediments in fancy's course are motives of more fancy, and, in fine, her infinite cunning with her modern grace subdued me to her rate. She got the ring, and I had that which any inferior might at market-place have bought. I must be patient. You that have turned off a first so noble wife may justly die at me. I pray you yet, since you lack virtue, I will lose a husband. Send for your ring, I will return it home, and give me mine again. I have it not. 
What ring was yours, I pray you? Sir, much like the same upon your finger. Know you this ring? This ring was his of late. And this was it I gave him, being a bed. The story then goes false. You threw it him out of a casement. I have spoke the truth. Enter Parolles. My lord, I do confess the ring was hers. You boggle shrewdly. Every feather stars you. Is this the man you speak of? Ay, my lord. Tell me, sirrah, but tell me true, I charge you, not fearing the displeasure of your master, which on your just proceeding I'll keep off. By him and by this woman here, what know you? So please, your majesty, my master hath been an honourable gentleman. Uh, tricks he had in him, which gentlemen have. Come, come, to the purpose. Did he love this woman? Faith, sir, he did love her, but how? How, I pray you? He did love her, sir, uh, as a gentleman loves a woman. How is that? He loved her, sir, and loved her not. As thou art a knave and no knave, what an equivocal companion is this? He's a good drum, my lord, but a naughty orator. Do you know he promised me marriage? Faith, I know more than I'll speak. But wilt thou not speak all thou knowest? Yes, so please, your majesty. I, I did go between them, as I said, but more than that, he loved her. For indeed he was mad for her, and talked of Satan, and of Limbo, and of Furies, and I know not what. Yet I was in that credit with them at that time, that I knew of their going to bed, and of other motions, as promising her marriage, and things which would derive me ill-will to speak of. Uh, therefore I will not speak what I know. Thou hast spoken all already, unless thou canst say they are married. But thou art too fine in thy evidence, therefore stand aside. This ring, you say, was yours? Ay, my good lord. Where did you buy it, or who gave it you? It was not given me, nor I did not buy it. Who lent it you? It was not lent me neither. Where did you find it, then? I found it not. If it were yours by none of all these ways, how could you give it him? I never gave it him. This woman's an easy glove, my lord. She goes off and on at pleasure. This ring was mine. I gave it his first wife. It might be yours or hers for aught I know. Take her away. I do not like her now. To prison with her, and away with him. Unless thou tell'st me where thou hadst this ring, thou diest within the hour. I'll never tell you. Take her away. I'll put in bail, my liege. I think thee now some common customer. By Jove, if ever I knew man, t'was you. Wherefore hast thou accused him all this while? Because he's guilty, and he is not guilty. He knows I am no maid, and he'll swear to it. I'll swear I am a maid, and he knows not. Great king, I am no strumpet. By my life, I am either maid, or else this old man's wife. She does abuse our ears to prison with her. Good mother, fetch my bail. Stay, royal sir. Exit widow. The jeweller that owes the ring is sent for, and he shall surety me. But for this lord who hath abused me, as he knows himself, though yet he never harmed me, here I quit him. 
He knows himself my bed he hath defiled, and at that time he got his wife with child. Dead though she be, she feels her young one kick. So there's my riddle. One that's dead is quick. And now behold the meaning. Re-enter widow with Helena. Is there no exorcist beguiles the truer office of mine eyes? Is't real that I see? No, my good lord. Tis but a shadow of a wife you see. The name and not the thing. Both. Both. Oh, pardon. Oh, my good lord, when I was like this maid, I found you wondrous kind. There is your ring. And look you, here's your letter. This it says, when from my finger you can get this ring, and you are by me with child, etc. This is done. Will you be mine, now you are doubly one? If she, my liege, can make me know this clearly, I'll love her dearly, ever, ever, dearly. If it appear not plain and prove untrue, deadly divorce step between me and you. Oh, my dear mother, do I see you living? Oh, mine eyes smell onions. I shall weep anon. To Parolles. Good Tom Drum, lend me a handkerchief. So, I thank thee. Wait on me home, I'll make sport with thee. Let thy courtesies alone, they are scurvy ones. Let us from point to point this story know, To make the even truth in pleasure flow. To Diana If thou beest yet a fresh uncropped flower, Choose thou thy husband, and I'll pay thy dower, For I can guess that by thy honest aid Thou keep'st a wife herself, thyself a maid. Of that and all the progress, more or less, Resolvedly, more leisure shall express. All yet seems well, and if it end, So meet the bitter past, more welcome is the sweet. Flourish. The king's a beggar, now the play is done. All is well ended. If this suit be one that you express content, which we will pay with strife to please you, day exceeding day. Ours be your patience, then, and yours our parts. Your gentle hands lend us, and take our hearts. Excellent. End of Act 5 End of All's Well That Ends Well by William Shakespeare